You know, I don't throw the term expert around loosely, but when it comes to my next guest and when it comes to NBA basketball, he is everything and then some super stoked to talk with Kevin Dana, the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors. We're talking about all the newbies. There are new players. There is even a new coach. We're breaking all that down next. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow Kevin Deanna, the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors, on Twitter at Kevo408. You can follow me. I'm hyping up Threads, man. I'm going to be there. Once Threads gets their act together, it's a full-time thing, so I'm promoting my handle there now. You can follow me on Threads at DogWild, still on Twitter at DogSurfRoadShow. Kevin, it is great to see you. You've had a busy summer, dude, and you're covering like a lot of different teams. Obviously, the Santa Cruz Warriors are your club. The Golden State Warriors are your club. Victor Wenbanyama became your adopted son uh, for the last year or so. <laughs> How have you been, man, before you get into Warriors? What, how's life treating you? Yeah, it's cool, man. You know, uh, yeah, it's been a, it, it has been a busier summer than anticipated, which is both good and bad. I'm really trying to do absolutely nothing for a while. You, you seen Office Space? Uh, of course. Service? Okay, so uh, when, uh, when, what was his name? Peter Gibson or something like that says, you know, he said, you know what I would do with a million dollars? Absolutely nothing. That's exactly. how I feel. Like, that's yeah. The, that's, so I, that's my I'm mantra, a, bro. I, I, I do, I'm all about doing nothing and then yeah. more nothing. That's my life. And it, it makes me happy. So <laughs> hopefully there's a, there's a little bit of time in August where I can do absolutely nothing. That would be the hope. But yeah, no, it's, it's been cool. Uh, yeah. Vegas was, was fun. It was long. It was 10 days, but, uh, yeah, no, it, it, it was fun. I love it. Well, it's good to see you. So is this not a down uh, – is this not a, a period of nothingness for you right now? You're still busy? It is not a period of complete nothingness. I were, I do some work for a women's semi-pro league in the Bay Area, the WPBA, which is based in Alameda. Okay. So I broadcast a couple of games every Saturday for them. It's fun and upcoming league. Um, so I do some work there. And then, uh, yeah, just, you know – other stuff kind of in the pipeline that uh, I'm not at liberty to discuss right now. Like, not not state secrets or anything. Well, we're talking maybe, off maybe some UFOs, like uh, like the house meeting that they're having going on today. Well, we'll we'll talk off the air because you got me yeah. curious. Um, AC, <laughs> by the way, uh, writes, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing. You kind of do, man. I mean, rent's not <laughs> cheap, mortgages aren't cheap, food isn't cheap, all these apps and internet you're subscribing to isn't cheap. It's actually expensive to do nothing. So, um, yeah. I don't agree. But like Bruce Morrow writes that you have a museum uh, behind you. We're yeah. So, warriors. so let me explain, everyone. You are looking in my childhood bedroom. I'm taking care of my dad right now because my mom's out of town. So, this is where I uh, slept growing up. Um, so, yeah, you can see uh, by the logos of the Dallas Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets. Uh, that these are old banners, right? Gotcha. Like those, those, those are from the early '90s. 
Uh, you can't, let me see, you might be able to see some of my mini helmets. If I turn this way, I have all 32 NFL teams. Uh, got to move my head. Oh, together. I see my team in the case. You have them in the case. Yeah. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, yeah, If you're listening so, to this on the podcast, you got to check out YouTube so you can see Kevin Dana's childhood, uh, his boyhood room. What's on the ceiling? What do you got taped up there? Is it oh, yeah, so posters from, well, hold on. From Digital Blasphemy, well, it was a great like digital wallpaper website. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to know why I'm 36 and single, just look at my childhood bedroom. It gives you a good idea. There you go, so, man. Uh, All right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for giving us some insights into your your personal life. I love it. Uh, you're you're uh, I don't know where you're born, but you were raised in San Jose. San Jose, baby, born and there raised. You born. There you go. Well, yeah. the Golden State Warriors. Uh, you know, it's been a while since you've come on the program. Last time you were on, you weren't able to talk about a lot of things because a lot of the signings that the Warriors made was not official. You're an employee of the Golden State Warriors. There are strict rules. Totally get it. That's okay. Um, but now everything's official. Now yeah. you can talk about it. Um, but before we get to the players, I want to talk first about a coach. Uh, now, now, Monty Poole of NBC Sports Bay Area tweeted out two days ago that his sources are telling him that Chris Weems <coughs> Uh, a player development coach, I believe a former head coach of the Santa Cruz Warriors. He's being elevated to Jamamala Layla's uh, former job on the bench, basically the number two man behind Steve Kerr and then behind Ke Kenny Atkinson. Um, I'm guessing a lot of folks um, have no idea what he's about. I, I don't know what he brings to the table. Maybe a lot of people may, may even feel that his position is not that important. If that's your opinion, I wholeheartedly disagree with you there. I I find that that position, what Jamal Malalela was doing, what his predecessors were doing, that's important work. Steve Kerr does rely on his assistance. What is your reaction to Chris Weems? The floor is yours, sir. Take it away. Yeah, so, so A, I'm happy to be able to talk about players. B, I, I, I know Chris Weems very well. While it, it may or may not be a, official per se, like I can still talk about what I know about Chris Weems right. and, and everything since he is on the staff and all that. Uh, so I'll, I'll dance around a little of the red tape and do this as best I can without uh, jeopardizing my spot with the C-dubs. But um, I love Chris Weems. He was our head coach from 2019 to 2021. Um, just a guy who gets it, I would say, is the best way to – yeah uh, – um so, so he's smart you, you trust yeah, him. No, smart dude i mean so he played at stanford he was on their final four team he's a native of kansas city wait that's the um, team with the, adam keith right or uh no, keith is older than him uh okay. mark madsen he was on like the mark madsen team oh the uh arthur lee was the point yeah guard. yeah okay uh I, yes uh, tim young who was a former golden state warrior second round draft pick in the late 90s so that was the team that he played on Mike Montgomery um, was a coach of that team, right? Yeah, Mike Montgomery, former Warriors head coach, former Cal yeah. Stanford head coach. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. Um, so he's yeah, I mean, he just obviously is a smart dude. He went to Stanford. He handles players very well. Like he's not afraid to have tough conversations, like, and he's not afraid to have tough conversations with like the most important players on the team. I know this from experience from like times in Santa Cruz where he's had to pull guys aside. We're like, hey, either A, you're not pulling your weight, or B, like, yeah, let's let, 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 let's have a man-to-man, -man, a heart-to-heart. Um, so he's not afraid to have those kind of conversations. Has a really good, what I'd say, a professional sideline demeanor. 
like he's not one of those college coaches who you he's not one of the you know if you watch like a college basketball game not every coach is like this but like the traditional college basketball head coach is like ranting and raving on the sidelines you're thinking about like a a bobby knight or like even a sean miller today you know great coaches but like you know there's just like sweat dripping from them like uh oh, you know sean miller's not gonna throw a chair but like you know just like super super freaking intense it's like He's got a more really he's more of like the Mark Dagnall, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder head coach, just kind of like, yeah, more of that professional vibe of like, all right, more analytical of what's going on instead of being so emotionally attached to everything, like to every single possession. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong, he cares, he really but like it's not it's not like he's going to just like lose his mind on an eight nothing run or something like which and it wouldn't be his job to lose his mind on an eight nothing right, run right. Uh, on the golden state bench but like yeah good sideline demeanor never like never really had a moment with the media in Santa Cruz where he was like flustered or upset with it like he knows how to handle him so that the best thing i can say about like chris Williams, or maybe not the best but like he just knows how to handle himself gotcha. and, and so you know, I, I think this guy you know, should get all the flowers he can. I am a big, big, big Chris Weems fan. Awesome dude. Like, just beyond that, beyond, like, the coaching stuff, just, like, a great guy uh, and, and someone I, I, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, getting a chance to chat with for those two seasons. Led the Santa Cruz Warriors to the G League semifinals in the bubble uh, after a 1-3 and three start. You know, help. you know, he really helped develop – Jordan Poole that year, right? Like Jordan Poole played 11, 12 games in the bubble that season for the Santa Cruz Warriors. Right. And remember, it was not, it was his second season. It was a very roller coaster start to his second season. And when he came back from Santa Cruz, he was a different dude. We saw it Jordan Poole's rookie year. Right. Rough start to his rookie year. Three games with the Santa Cruz Warriors, were coached by Chris Williams at the time, came back and was a much better player over like the last. 27 28 games pre March 11th, uh, you know, Oklahoma City Thunder, Utah Jazz. Let's uh, shut down the world. So, yeah, those, those, that great moment in life. Absolutely. I'm, I'm being facetious. Uh, but no, so I, I want to, uh, break down Chris Weems, and we're obviously going to talk about all the other new players, Chris Paul, the draft picks, Dario Sharich, and so much more. Uh, got to give some love first to FanDuel the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. And right now, it's baseball season. When I'm sweating like this in my own house, that means it's summer. That means baseball is cracking. Take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to 200 bucks. That's right. Just bet $20 and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. That's 200. You could spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. And it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. I know FanDuel is still illegal here in California where we broadcast Locked On Warriors. I've tried it out in other states. I want my FanDuel. If you could play with FanDuel now, you are stoked. And there's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel. America's the Get you a VPN, Cyrus. This the other VPN. Well, have you tried that? Are you? Are you? Are you really- uh, I, I had to do it in grad school. Like for some reason, we we needed a VPN for something. So I, I've been on the V. I've like I don't have one now, but 
Uh, if you want, I mean, maybe I shouldn't be giving this advice out on a uh, lockdown warriors. Whatever, but, uh, yeah. you're, you're the guest. I, I, might, maybe. There might be ethical issues if I'm if I'm sending yeah. that message. You're fine, dude. So I'm curious. I thought for some reason someone had told me that Fanduel was VPN proof. Um, if oh really? Not, oh, I yeah, I don't know. See, I don't like. I can't gamble on sports, so I don't know. I'm just, uh, yeah. I, I know people use VPNs to gamble. Uh, you know, say they're not in the United States for you know, like poker purposes or whatever. But. Well, yeah, you're a poker player, and look, I, FanDuel is loving what you're saying right now, Kevin. So, so there's no issues. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel. Sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon. And get your VPN so even here in California you might be able to play to get up to two hundred dollars in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's a fantastic advertising opportunity, by the way. Follow this ad with a VPN client. That would be your package there, folks. Locked on, get on that. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. You are locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. For the everydayers, that's folks who chime in and tune in for literally every show we do, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Dubs. Uh, that's where we announce all our showtimes, upcoming guests. Still awaiting word on a Warriors assistant coach who's going to join the program soon. Uh, as soon as the scheduling is finalized, it's happening. Yeah, Kevin, we're actually going to get uh, a member of the Golden State Warriors coaching staff nice. on this show, which is nice. pretty wild. Nice. Uh, you can follow the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors, Kevin Dana, on Twitter uh, at Kevo408. Um, Bruce Morrow, real fast, FanDuel or Price Picks, which one is better? They're just different. Price Picks is all about over-unders on individuals. It is legal in California. FanDuel is your general uh, uh, sports gambling website and gambling, period. You can do poker like what Kevin Dana loves. Um, Kev's B-T-R-F-L-I writes, love your shirt, Kevin. Thank is that Biggie you. Yeah, Smalls? It's, uh, it's like yes. that. It's that classic Biggie one uh, that you see, right? Like in the different colors and stuff like that. So, yeah. Love yeah. it, Love it man. Thank, thank you for uh, the, the shout out. <laughs> so, so Tim Ford has a, has a criticism of current number one Warriors assistant, Ke Kenny Atkinson. Uh, calling him a computer coach, and that and 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 the only reason I brought that up is because it, it makes it, it raises a question in my mind, which I want to ask you, Kevin. What kind of, is Chris Weems analytical based? Uh, is he more of a motivational style coach? Is he both? How would you describe him more specifically in that regard, in terms of analytics? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to answer that one super well, but I would I would say I've seen more analytical coaches in Santa Cruz, and I've seen uh more uh emotional coaches too like okay. I, I think he kind of hits a nice happy medium like obviously like if you're coaching in the golden state warriors organization you you gotta have a handle on analytics like you just do but like it doesn't come across to me like when i was talking with chris weems that like that's the only thing he cares about like he's a play he was a player himself at a very high level right like he knows how to connect on that level and he just knows kind of like the flow of the game and stuff like that. So um, I, I would push back a little bit on the, can't we get rid of computer coach um, right on Mr. Holder? Yeah, no, great shirt. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
I mean, weren't we all singing Kenny's praises when they won the 2022 NBA title and like it was seen as like a huge coup to keep him from being the Hornets head coach? My all right, so changed. like one season yeah. later when they finish in the top eight of the NBA, now all of a sudden we want to like skewer this guy? I don't understand it. Like, I, I in the NBA in, re- I, in terms of record, they were top eight. Is that correct? Well, I mean, they made it to the quarterfinals. So oh yeah, I see it. Top eight of the world, the NBA. I um, and therefore the the world of basketball, but um, like I I generally think unless you are a coach or a player who has played Division One at the or division you know some level of college basketball, mm-hmm. the very least, I don't think that we necessarily have all the tools to correctly criticize coaches. Interesting. Like, because I just don't think we know the game well enough to say, like, there are some people who, yeah, they really know the game. I know I don't know the game well enough to say, oh, this coach sucks or like this guy blows or stuff like, and so like, I I find, I find a lot of it just kind of like, well, what evidence do you really have to say this guy sucks? And I, I, I just, I, I know I defer a lot to coaches and players because I've, like been on that side as a manager, certainly not a thinking man's position, a yes, sir, no, sir, yes, coach, no coach kind of job. Right. And so I just know that those people forget, will forget more basketball than I'll ever know. And, and so, yeah, I always kind of pause when I say, oh, this coach is the problem or that coach is the like, uh, probably not. Well, here, here's, I think, where the, the angst came from. And, and, and here's where criticism started to emerge from my perspective. Um, one is we didn't know until very late in the season just how analytics-driven Atkinson is. And then there was an attribution that came out very late in the year last year where Steve Kerr revealed that him and Kenny Atkinson have daily conversations about analytics and that Kenny Atkinson is his analytics guy and that he's leaning on him heavily to rely on these numbers. Um, and then from there, when you saw the fact that you're right, the Warriors did finish top in the top eight, you could also make the argument though, that the underachieved, this was a, a, a reigning world champion. 1000. So I 1000% agree with that. They should have been much better than 44 and 38, that team should have won at least 50 games last year. I'm not, I'm not debating that. And then there's a the fact that Kenny Exon was promoted to be the defensive coordinator this last year and their defense regressed. Um, I'm just trying to explain why the criticism is, okay. is being directed yeah, towards yeah, yeah. Kenny Atkinson. You're right. Two years ago, people were ecstatic that he that they retained him, that he didn't yeah. accept that he didn't take the job in Charlotte, came back, and then a, a year later, again, times change tremendously. Um, so, and, and and then the one thing, another thing that stuck out too is uh, I don't know if you remember in the playoffs, Michael Green, he had that exemplary game three, um, but and then he got in that that shouting match with Atkinson on the sideline uh, and. There was just a lot of little things that kind of added up. I forgot up. the and shouting it, match with Atkinson. Wait, was that, wait, wait, game three against the Lakers or the Kings? It was Lakers. I don't know if it was game three if it was oh, the wait, wait, it was game two, right? The game they won where he just, like, went off, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, it was okay, a two. So um, I, yeah, so I was at the game. So, like, I didn't see, like, the TV footage of – Yeah, Jermichael got, got yanked, and then he starts – and then him and Kenny had this back and forth where they were just shouting at each other. Uh, Jermichael, I think, did come back in the game later, and then we never saw him again in the series. Um, the last year was just a mess. I, I, I think it's just best to move on, right? Um, 
But <laughs> but anyways, well, what are your th dude, last time we had you on? Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about Chris Paul that much. Are we are we are we moving on from Chris Weems? By the way, I guess let me finish up with this. Are you happy with Chris Weems being uh, one of the top assistants for Steve Kerr? Your final thoughts before we move on from that? Well, subject? like I said, if it hasn't been announced, then I can't like officially say if he is a no. Like I I think Chris Weems is a heck of a coach, and I I think like he. I think he's deserved, like he's definitely deserving of some promotion. There you go. There you go. And yeah. I'm absolutely loving what I'm hearing so far. Um, so Chris Weems, and again, I'm going to try to get him on the show. In fact, uh, I'm very curious to pick his brain now that I apparently we're, we're slowly climbing the ladder with the Warriors organization in terms of guest bookings. Um, so assistant coaches right now seem to be a green light. So we'll, I'm going to try to get Chris on the show soon. Uh, but right now we got Kevin Dana. You haven't had a chance to share your thoughts on Chris Paul. Let's start there. Um, and he's been in the news for uh, for a few reasons. Draymond Green uh, made some comments about, about him and Chris Paul have had battles in the past. That was real life. It wasn't faked on the court, the animosity between the two. But now they're teammates. Um, Chris Paul has been uh, noncommittal in terms of his role. He was asked about um, whether or not he would come off the bench. He was noncommittal to that. Um, we all know his resume. We, you know, anyone who follows basketball knows how good of a player he is. They're also aware maybe of his age, his injury history. What are your thoughts to, with Chris Paul now being a member of the Golden State Warriors? Yeah, I mean, at first I was sad to lose Jordan Poole. Like my knee-jerk reaction, I was actually buying my Chevy Bolt when it happened, when the news broke. Congratulations. I got, I got an electric car, everyone. You can all congratulate me. Thank you. I'm saving the single-handedly. Um, I remember the but, day you were busy getting a car, so you got a Chevy Bolt? Yeah, so I got a Chevy nice. Bolt, Bolt with a B, not a V. The, the, oh, the Bolt, V is a hybrid, okay. which I don't think they make anymore. But oh, okay. um, Congrats. So, yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so, like, I mean, I love Jordan Poole. Like, and I understand why people got frustrated with Jordan Poole. I'm of the belief that you have to live with those growing pains because – not everyone has the cojones to take the shots that Jordan Poole takes. True. Um, that being said, I do think it makes a lot of sense what Golden State did. Like $120 million is a lot to have on the books. Yes. And you move off that long-term deal, uh, which is huge for, for Golden State to have that flexibility. Because like worst case scenario, Chris Paul's injured. It doesn't work out. Okay, you're committed to him for this season and this season only. But like, but if it does work out, then cool. Maybe we can work a little something, something. Um, appreciate that, DP. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like, I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, and especially if Steve Kerr likes to play veterans, this is going to, I, assuming a healthy Chris Paul. He still got something in the tank. Like when he was healthy last year, he was pretty damn good. Uh huh. Still pretty damn good. Like this guy's a twelve-time All Star. Uh, and, and if he can, like, if they come to an understanding, a mutual understanding about how many minutes per game he's playing, I think this could really work out. I think if you can get twelve hundred ish minutes out of him next year i think that would be a nice goal to have that's like that's 20 minutes a game for 60 games or you know if he plays a few a little fewer than 60 games just load management and stuff you know these low to mid 20s minutes wise i mean 
that's a that's a great guy to have playing that kind of minutes, and then you ramp it up in the playoffs. Um, well, I I would I personally would not want to mess with the starting line because last year, for all the warts the Warriors had last year, right. that starting five unit was one of the best in the NBA. The best. They just didn't get a chance to play a whole lot together. Yeah, but like, I don't think you tinker with that personally, but like. If they do decide to start Chris Paul, if Chris Paul starts, like I also don't think that is like a huge negative because he's one of the best point guards of all time. Right. And like I don't think he's still I don't think he's gonna be playing mid thirties minutes wise because you know just where he is at in his career. He averaged thirty two minutes a game last year. I, I like he wouldn't be playing more than that this year. So uh yeah, no, I I, I think there are a lot of positives with this CP3 deal. And look, Raymond Green's a professional. I know, like obviously there was a punch with Jordan Poole, and he's had his moments with Kevin Durant and everyone. But like he knows like when it's time to win, he knows to put stuff aside, right? Like Chris Chris Paul and Stephen Curry, like they obviously have a relationship going back to when he was at Davidson and everything. So like I don't expect there to be huge blowups between Draymond Green and Chris Paul or Steph and Chris Paul or Clay and CP3. Like, I'm not super concerned about that. I and 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 just to, to piggyback off that, Chris Paul just last year as a 37 uh, year old player um, still averaged 32 minutes per game. I do not see that clip main, being maintained with the Warriors. I would expect more in the 25 range. Um, keeping him fresh for the postseason. I had Dr. Narav Pandey on this show, and I asked him, uh, given uh, the exemplary track record that Rick Celebrini has had as the head of the medical department for the Warriors, uh, I thought a perfect case study was Otto Porter Jr., a player who was injury-prone tremendously uh, yeah. for most, much of his career, much more so than Chris Paul. And Celebrini had a plan for him where 25 minutes was the max, even in the postseason. We never saw him play more than 25 um, kept him fresh by not having him in back-to-backs. Um, and I asked uh, Dr. Pandia whether a similar pattern could be established with Chris Paul, and he thought, absolutely. Uh, he, he envisioned uh, that that being the similar strategy going forward with Chris Paul. So I'm with you. I, I think that if they play it smart, he will be available and ready for them, especially come the postseason. Um, and, and if I may add, Cyrus, please, please, I think dude. that's why Corey Joseph is a really good signing for this team. Dude. Because, like, Steph's probably going to play what if he's healthy the whole, whole year he's going to play what 70 games maybe Chris Paul if he's healthy the whole year probably like mid 60s at best you're going to need a minutes eater like an innings eater uh, on the mound in baseball just someone who's going to get you through you know a double header on a day look like maybe you're getting your asses kicked eight to two but someone needs to get some outs ERA be damned like Corey Joseph is more like a really, really good third string point guard to have. And he's coming off a season in which he averaged, he shot like 39% from three and right. still gave you seven points and three and a half assists or something like that. And a 3.9 assist to, to turnover ratio, 3.88, I think it was technically. I'll round that up to 3.9 uh, <laughs> for, for, for uh, in my state run uh, take. Uh, so. Yeah, like I think I think he's huge to have. Like I think Corey Joseph probably is gonna start a handful of games next year for Golden State. I absolutely I he's have to. I um, love that signing. And then love look, the maybe he plays four minutes a game in the playoffs. But like, you need someone to get you through the eighty-two. 
No, absolutely. And, and now I can criticize Ty Jerome without you squirming, Kevin. I, uh, I love Ty Jerome. I still love Ty Jerome. I know I'm sure you do, but but I'm sure it was hard for you as I'm blasting him, you being an employee of the Warriors. It was probably yeah. putting you in a, in a weird spot, but he's no longer an employee of the Warriors. All I will say is this. I think uh, Corey Joseph is a vast upgrade from Ty Jerome. Here, dude, here's the main reason why I blasted Ty Jerome so much, Kevin. And I don't know if you disagree with me on this or not. To me, if you want to be an NBA player, your strengths cannot be passing and ball handling. Those have to be secondary he strengths. He's also a 40% three-point shooter. And a very small sample size, though. I mean, we're not seeing that number at a high clip, you know? And and, and here and here's here's where, like, I put the theory to test in terms of Ty Jerome last year. Every time he had a good game, I changed my Twitter handle to Cy Jerome. That Twitter handle never stayed active for consecutive games because he would have this great game, and I'm like, all right, I'll start buying in. And then he lay an egg the very next game. He was, he might've been a 50, 40, 90 guy. I get it. But the sample size was so damn small. We'll see. We'll see how he does in Cleveland. But I, I'm relieved that Corey Joseph is now part of this team. Um, there's a lot of, yeah. Were you doing some, do you want to add something to that before? No, you no, he was 39% from three. I, I oversold him a little bit. But <laughs> I, mean, so look, I, the, I apologize for the misinformation campaign. A whopping I, percentage point. I think you're going to yeah. be forgiven for that. And look, the team loved him. I mean, we just saw a clip last week of Clay Thompson. Uh, I think he was in New York or somewhere uh, in a gym shooting with Ty Jerome. There's no doubt as a chemistry guy, he was a fantastic fit. But it, to me, if you if you can't score efficiently and or you can't play defense uh, in, efficiently, you just for a team that's trying to win a championship, it's just not good enough for me. But um, it's all a moot point now, so it doesn't matter. Uh, we're gonna do make. The, I'm gonna turn this uh, into a two part show. Uh, sit tight. I'm gonna play the open again. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.